Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we? My name is Rachel. I'm the Beyond Northside Coordinator here at church. And I'm so looking forward to this morning and for hearing about uh, the stories and experiences from our Madagascar team, as I'm sure you all are as well. Um, I just want to give you a bit of background about Madagascar in case you haven't been journeying with us for very long. This is a partnership we've had with Thrive Madagascar for about five years now. And this is the fourth team that we've sent. And it's just been such an amazing partnership to see how things have grown and developed over that time. And I know that many of you have really come along Uh, We thrive on that journey and I'm sure you're all really looking forward to hearing how things have developed and grown in that time. So um, Thrive is quite a small organisation, a small grassroots organisation in Madagascar and they work particularly in Antananarive, which is the capital city, and also uh, in Suavanandrin, which is a smaller community and particularly a small village outside of that of that town. So you'll hear the team talking about particularly those two places and they really work with the poorest of the poor in Madagascar. Some really tough stories, tough situations and yeah, that's really who they're aiming their work at. So I just want to thank you all for being part of that, for the way that you've contributed to Thrive over the years and particularly this year as well and I'm sure we're just going to hear some great things that they've been doing. Um, Before we get started, I just wanted to briefly cast our minds back to the Putting Things Right series and how we really heard about how God just is in the the business of restoring His world through His people, and that's us. And yeah, I just also remember just hearing about how He wants to interrupt our lives. He wants to disrupt us from where we're at. He wants us to um, really have open hearts and minds that are willing and ready to go and be sent into the circumstances that He's called us into. So yeah, just have that in the back of your minds as you hear the stories from the team and the ways, I guess, that they've allowed God to interrupt their lives and for the sake of other people. And I just know that that's such a challenge to me and a challenge to all of us as well. So we have Sean and we have Amelia and we have Richard sharing with us this morning. So why don't you guys come up? Good morning, guys. <laughs> Looking forward to sharing. Um, so we're just going to ask each of the team members just a couple of questions about their experiences. We're going to start with Sean. So this is Sean's second trip um, to Madagascar. He came along with us a couple of years ago, and this time he was co-leading with Richard, um, co-leading the team. So that's a, a bit of a different experience. So how was it second time round, Sean? Was it how did you see that the work of uh, Thrive had just grown and developed? Um. This time round, I thoroughly enjoy, first of all, the, the second trip. Um, it was just absolutely amazing to do it a second time round. And on many fronts, it's, we were able to engage the people more. Um, how Thrive has grown, they've grown in terms of structure. They've grown in terms of taking over the leadership. This is, this is an example. One of the mornings when we came back to Tana and Rich and I were, were talking to um, uh, Chantel and we were asking him, um, 
we want to do this, do this. So we had the program all laid out. And he went, no, 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 no. We will do this, do this. I'm like, hey, this is your house. You tell us what to do. But that symbol or that act alone, it shows that they are stepping up and taking over leadership rather than um, uh, following foreigners or, or missionaries or whatever you call it. And this is, this is progress. This is progress that they are taking the lead rather than following, which is good if you're looking for change, if you're looking for um, them to change their culture, to change their mindset. It starts with them, it starts locally. So this is where we, we see the biggest difference where they are stepping up. That's great. And it's, I think also it's really important to remember that they that it's the people from the culture, from the community, from the, the country that really know their people well and a, a best place to share um, God's love in the way that needs to be shared as well. That's great. Um, so, Amelia, this is, you've done some mission work before, but this is your first trip to Madagascar. So how was that? What were your first impressions? Um, what surprised you about the, the people, the place and the trip in general? Um, yeah, so... I mean, seeing poverty, no matter where you are, is it's always confronting. And there's a lot of similarities between poverty in one country and poverty in another country. Um, I think the way that it, it forces people um, to prioritise their life, what's important. Um, and um, I guess some of the, the same traits you see coming through the children. Um, so all of that I was quite familiar with, but again... Um, probably not being in the environment for a few years, it was always it's, it was quite confronting, particularly in the capital city in Tana when we were um, walking through the complex, which is the photo that you saw um, at the start, where we were all walking along. Um, I think what was unique about Madagascar um, on a on a globalisation level, I guess, was the fact that there's it's so isolated. There's there's no big companies working there. There's no exposure to the outside world, really. Um, there was very little um, understanding of the, how the rest of the world works, I think, for, for Malagasy people. Um, Madagascar was what they knew. And um, I guess the people in Thrive were a little bit different because they've obviously been exposed to people coming through um, to help from Australia and from other places. But, um, yeah, there was really not a lot of knowledge of, of what was going on in the rest of the world, which was something that I hadn't necessarily seen before. Um, saying that, they were very, very warm people. Um, and uh, particularly the staff at Thrive, Fiddy and Nina, the ones that you um, were seeing the image of before, they just did everything they could to serve us there. They wanted to make our experience really positive and... Um, cooked every fancy meal they could think of and, yeah, they just took out, you know, all, all stops to make a, a, a really nice experience and show us what um, Malagasy people were really like. So that was a really lovely part of the trip, actually, was getting to interact with the Malagasy people and seeing how warm they were. Yeah, it's always such a, a privilege and a really humbling experience, I agree, that, um, yeah... When you get to share with people that way and have you, you feel like you're going over to, to serve them and you, you're just served in such powerful ways and more, more than you can ever imagine. So, yeah, that's great. Um, Richard, so your second trip as well and leading the team. Um, how was it different for you this time and, and what was significant about the work that, that you did and how you contributed your skills this time? Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember um, 
when Sam uh, had me up here before the trip that I, one of the things I was praying for and hoping for that I would get to know the Thrive leaders uh, a lot better. And that's certainly the case. Um, we got to know them uh, in ways that I, I never never thought we would and really made a quite a personal connection, um, particularly with Fiddy and Chantal Paulin. And it was wonderful to see their heart. And um, and it was <clears throat> it was a little bit, last time I went, it was a little bit like a deer caught in the headlights. It was more, you know, what am I doing here? What does God want me to do? But for me, it was that heart connection. Um, and through that, he, he's starting to do some amazing things. Um, as Sean um, shared, they're much better organised. And I was a little bit um, concerned when I realised Brendan wasn't coming with us, to be, to be honest. And um, that whole trust thing kicked in, you know, we're going over there into a reasonably unfamiliar place, yet they made us feel so welcome. It was like, it was like uh, just coming into your family. Um, and I guess that's the bond of love that we share through Christ. It was, it was amazing. Um, and obviously there's some physical changes as well uh, to the ministry, uh, particularly in Suave. There's been a lot of building work since we were there last. A lot, great deal of improvements. We were actually able to uh, uh, charge our mobile phones, <laughs> which means that connection was uh, much more um, sure and um, that, that made life a little bit easier. And also for, for myself, um, God's put me in a place where he's using my teaching skills and I've been writing some materials for the last 18 months and... Um, I had the opportunity to teach uh, two of the units that I'd written to the leaders, uh, which was pretty amazing. And later on, I'll share a, a real special story around that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's so amazing for you to have had that experience. I think previously, and then be able to take that into yeah, use that yeah. the context knowledge, some of the cultural knowledge that you had, and then just be able to invest that back into to training and leadership. And I think that's the really cool thing. I think that in the way that our troops have grown is has sort of gone from doing some construction, um, contributing in sort of I guess less, more surface ways. And I love how we're just going a bit deeper every time we go in terms of how we're investing in people and um, seeing that partnership grow in a really deep way. And I think God's just been so it worked through that and through the work that you've been doing. Um, back to you, Amelia. <laughs> Was there a particular moment on the trip that you found particularly challenging or inspiring and how did you see God at work through that? A bit more of a personal question. <laughs> um, there were lots of challenging moments, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's living like they do, uh, like not in a hotel or, you know, not, not going to the side every day to see them, but, but living with them um, was really eye-opening. Um, in the capital city, they live with noise around them all the time um, and they have children coming and visiting um, on a daily basis because um, it's a nice, safe place for, for the kids from the complex to come to. Um, so just... Uh, not having your own headspace, not having any um, any time to digest things, and and just being constantly surrounded by by noise was definitely a challenge that I found. Um, but it was also really really inspiring to think that this is the way that these leaders live their life. Like they're just they they're just serving God all the time. Like we get to go home and have a little bit of a break in our homes, and their home is open to people coming in all the time. 
Um, so I was really inspired by the way that they they live their lives and, and very challenged by it as well. Um, and and how they do it with a great amount of joy. You'd wake up and go out and um, Chantel, who had a, um, a six-month-old baby and a three-year-old, I think he was, um, had been up preparing the the breakfast that they make for the children since about 4.30 in the morning and, you know, we're getting up at seven and walking out and she's like, good morning! And she's so happy and and just, yeah, does this with this huge smile on her face and I'm thinking, how do you look like that? <laughs> like, I'm exhausted and I don't have children. Um, <laughs> so so they were incredibly inspiring and the same in, in Suave. Um, yeah, just the the... The people that work there, uh, the women that, that cook for us are up at all hours in the morning and they, they're, just, they're just so full of joy and um, they really, compared to us, have absolutely nothing but they just, uh, they were very, very inspirational in the way that they lived their lives and the way that they went about their daily work. Um, yeah, so I was very challenged by that and, and challenged by my own physical limitations of feeling... Uh, sore from sleeping on a, a bed that didn't have proper slats and, you know, <laughs> and um, having bucket showers and all those things, but also incredibly inspired by how much that just didn't stop them from from being joyful and it didn't stop them from wanting to do um, what God wants, wants of them. I mean, we get so cranky so quickly here. I came back and sat in traffic on the first day. I went back to work and was, you know, cranky that it was taking so long. And I'm like, why am I cranky about this? I'm sitting in a car that has air conditioning. Um, So, yeah, it was inspiring to see them and the way that they live, definitely. Yeah, I love how God challenges our perspectives when he takes us out of our comfort zone and into these, yeah, different situations that really challenge the norm for us. And, yeah, and I think... It's great to do that regularly. <laughs> um, I know that I've, I've missed that the last couple of years having not gone. So, yeah, it's great to hear that. Um, Sean, so I know that, yeah, each time I've been to Madagascar, that God's really shown me something different each time and challenged me in a different way. And so, yeah, I'm really wondering about what was significant for you and how God challenged you in a different way this time and what he brought out of the trip and laid on your heart perhaps as a result. Um. This time around, he's he's brought in a whole new level of uh, appreciation for for what we have or for what I have. Um, this this time around, it, going there, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, engaging the locals, understanding, talking to them, it was it was. They have so little, but yet they do so much. Um, and just to give you uh, context, the situation is um, two years ago when 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 Rich and I went, uh, the rooms had no beds. <laughs> we were sleeping on mosquito nets and sleeping bags. It was it was just a, a shell. Uh, this time round, there were there were bed frames. Um, there was actually a shelf made out of wooden planks and a couple of tree logs, zigzag, just to keep it up the keep it up the wall. Um, and, and those things are really simple and they, they don't have the resources to do all that. But yet, somehow or other, they manage to do all these. You know, feed the kids, um, create new stuff for, um, for the environment, be more sustainable and, and all that. And, and so then I learned that 
hang on, these people have absolutely nothing, but they've made something out of nothing. We have everything and we winch, crank and, you know, about the littlest thing like my coffee is not hot enough or there's not enough milk, right? But, but it is what it is but in saying that it's brought me a whole new level. So coming back this time around, I feel that um, being more intentional in, in, in what I do and in, in the way I react to things, which is, which is what God has this time around placed very heavy on me, saying that, look, um, you've been given a lot how do you, I've blessed you with an abundance. Now it's time for you to go and bless others with what I've given you. If not, what I've given you is just nothing. It's, it's just like God's given you an asset, right? What's his return on your asset? And, and so this time round, his return is that you go and help others, which is his return on his asset, on what he's given you. And that's what I learned very, very, very strongly this time round. You know, I think ever since I came back, going to work and just enjoying the little stuff that that we have i've i've i'm less cranky <laughs> more more patient um, because if these people far away can do a whole lot more with a whole lot less you know with the strength of god and they're still blessing this is their return on asset for god is way much higher than our return on asset for god you know um, and so how do we match them? How do we, the question that I keep asking myself, how do I match them? How do I give even more, um, as Sam was saying one time, that it hurts? Because these people are giving to it hurts and, and more. Um, so I think one of the conscious things, you know, as like continuing with Connect Group, like I have a house, uh, fortunate and blessed. Yeah, it's a shoebox, right? It's two-bedroom Wilson Craft, you know? <laughs> But it's, it's something that we have, right? It's the ability to facilitate, to bring together people. Some people rent and, and they don't have that luxury, but I have it. Why can't I use it? If these people can sit in a smaller shoebox in um, way much more, excuse me, but disgusting environment, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? And, and that's the question that, that weighs very heavily on, on my heart and, and as I ex explore this year and next year how to, to give back that it hurts and to match these people in Madagascar and Suave and Tana that they are doing way much more and their return on asset for God is 10 times what I have, then I better start doing something and getting off my ass. Sorry. <laughs> well said, Sean. <laughs> no, I think that's such a challenge to all of us and I think we get so um, I guess set in our ways and setting what we're used to and that we really take so much of what we have for granted and I, yeah I love what you're saying about um, recognising the assets that God has given us and, and realising that they, they're not actually ours and they don't belong to us and that God has blessed us incredibly and to take responsibility for that and um, the way that we share that with people so yeah you challenged me this morning <laughs> um, so Richard um where did you see God at work, particularly through your Madagascar experience this time? And yeah, how did how did you see His work unfolding from Thrive? And a bit of I think a bit of where to from here, for me, for you, or for, for yeah. Thrive? Um, well, first of all, one of the memorable experiences was being um, part of the team that that helped uh, with uh, the medical survey work that we did. It was one of the major 
tasks that we were set uh, when we went over there. So um, when we went in 2014, um, uh, Brendan and Shannon Peterson um, ran a clinic and there were queues and queues of people and uh, overwhelming actually. And they realised um, some of the medical issues that needed to be addressed, so they decided to design a survey in which... So we would survey the local community um, over there in Suave and in Tana. But just being part of that process, I could see... beginning to see some clarity around improvement. So we went from a chaotic clinic situation a couple of years ago to actually being quite now proactive in delivering... Um, medical help going into the future. So that was pretty cool. Um, the other thing was, um, well, it was so much, but um, I guess from my perspective, uh, I spent a lot of time with the leaders, particularly through the teaching situation, and realising that um, the things of God completely transcend culture. Um, I was sitting with people who live thousands of miles away, a different culture, a different language, Yet we shared similar experiences in our walk with God and it was so uh, encouraging, so exciting. I was sharing things about my family and um, Luva, because I was missing my family, this is getting towards the end of the, the trip, and uh, uh, I was saying you know, how, how blessed I was to have a family at home waiting for me and um, he said, wait a minute, and he wrote something on a paper and it was... a uh, um, a Malagasy proverb about um, how sweet it is to go home. And uh, I've actually got that on my desk. It's pretty cool. But the idea of family, the idea of connection, the idea of love, um, yeah, it was amazing sharing that with them. Um, and the other thing was that, that while I was teaching the last uh, unit to the team, um, Fiddy was in that group and... Uh, the most amazing thing happened. I didn't really realise at the time until I gave it some thought. And, um, yeah, he said, um, that first unit you wrote, uh, Brendan taught us. So Brendan taught the first two units and I, I taught the other two while I was there. He said, um, I preached that, he said. <laughs> and I kind of did a bit of a tilt and I thought, you preached it? He said, yeah, he said, I was invited up to the northwest of the country, Majanga, by a pastor, and he preached that first unit to the congregation there. And um, the pastor said, I've never heard this before. He said, would you come again? <laughs> so I kind of sat down and had a little think about it, and I thought, hang on, where did this, where was God working here? Obviously there, but... Hang on, I sat down at my desk 18 months ago and put these materials together. I don't claim any authorship from it. It came from the Bible. But actually, I started by jumping on YouTube. I watched a Baptist pastor in America. And I said, yep, that's, that's what I want to put together. So I obviously um, modified it for the Malagasy leaders, wrote it. Brendan... Um, taught it, uh, and Fiddy then preached it in another church in Madagascar. Uh, well, if, that, if God's not working in that, I don't know. don't know what is. So 
I guess what really challenged me there is obviously God's going to get his work done through relationship and connection. Um, and just as a counterpoint to that, we were walking along the um, complex that you've been seeing some pictures of um, this morning. And there was abject poverty everywhere. And there was a very, very well-dressed um, minister. I won't say what church. A minister standing on, literally standing on a soapbox. And he was preaching the word of God, which was wonderful. The word was going out. But no one cared. Like They were all sitting there in their poverty and the, and the filth and the dirt. And somehow there was a big disconnect there. And I, it just reminded me once again that, you know, the word of God and the gospel is going to go out there through relationship. And somehow, um, yeah, that, that really challenged me. Um, oh, yeah, and going into the future, sorry. Um, Thrive have a 50-year vision. Well, it might as well be a 150-year vision, really, because they want to transform the country. And, and I realised that this church are involved in a mission which is on the very, very beginning. And we've seen baby steps, but it's moving forward. Um, yeah, it's great to be involved in it. Wow, that's so exciting. Well, uh, yeah, I really love what you said then just about how God just connects us despite real, you know, deep cultural differences, life experience differences, just total different context. And just how the faith that we share um, in God and just how he just draws us to, to himself and then to each other. And I think that's what is just amazing about the ongoing partnership with Thrive is just that each time we do go a little bit deeper, um, we do journey a little bit more closely, we get to connect with people. And even though it's different people going, sometimes the same people going, I think that relationship just keeps going. And I think you can only put that down to God and what he's doing um, through this partnership. Thank you so much for sharing with us. It's been so amazing to hear. And I think, I think what I'm taking out of t- today is just that putting things right is really possibly about more than what we think. You know, we can contribute our, our knowledge, our skills, our time, but really from what you guys have shared with us, it's about giving of ourselves. It's about giving into relationship. It's about really putting ourselves out there and connecting with people and being willing to be disrupted, stepping out in faith and being a bit uncomfortable and putting ourselves in those circumstances that really challenge us, really challenge our thinking and just, you know, asking God to change us and asking God to shape our hearts and and call us forward into whatever he's, wherever he wants us to be. And I think... I think on the back also of our of our last series about being sent, I think I'm really challenged. You know, we don't have to go to Madagascar to be sent into these circumstances that God wants us to be part of. We can be right here. We can be at church this morning. We can be talking to our neighbours and our colleagues. And sometimes it's even in those circumstances, as we've heard, it's really hard to, to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. But, yeah, I love how you guys have just shared that. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can all take something away from that into our lives, into the day, into the week ahead. So thanks so much, everyone. It's been great. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.